Coming up on this week's episode of Last Week, this week, AEW Last Week fired the first shot and got the first win of the Wednesday Night War as AEW and NXT battle for the satisfaction and affection of Mr. YLP himself. He was pleased with how everything went with Dynamite last week, and AEW seeks to go 2-0 in the series so far, but NXT gave us a stat card from last week involving three Dusty Cup matches, a Cruiserweight Championship, and set up a lot of storylines as we head into Vengeance Day and beyond. Did NXT do enough to tie things up, or did AEW somehow, some way with Beach Break, were they able to go two, four, two? We're gonna find that out today on this week's episode of Last Week, This Week for you guys. And trust me, this was again a close battle. Ratings don't mean anything in terms of the Wednesday Night War between AEW and NXT. This is strictly what Mr. YLP himself prefers and what he liked from last week. We're going to find all of that out today. Without further ado, this is episode two of last week. This week, let's hit that intro. Let's get it started. And with that being said, let us begin. show where we pick AEW versus NXT every single week as they fight to pretty much satisfy the whims of one Mr. YLP himself. It is Monday, February 8th, 2021, and you are listening to this episode of the podcast, of course, on AmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com. Anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective, Anchor.fm slash Wrestle Addict Radio, Amazon Music, Audible, and anywhere else you can listen to Wrestle Addict Radio Podcast. Of course, if you have any thoughts, comments, concerns, opinions, questions, anything at all, do not hesitate to hit me up with an email over at Perspective at gmail.com. Let me know who you think won last week. Did I get it right? Did I get it wrong? Let me know. Or you can head over to my Twitter at YL Perspective. On my Instagram at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective. And over on Facebook at Young Lions Perspective. All one word. Or simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Woo! And as you can hear in the background, NXT has tied it up at one. Dare I say... This was NXT's week. I watched both episodes, watched AEW Dynamite, watched uh, NXT, and I have to say, NXT, there is no way that 
could say NXT didn't win this week. I mean, I understand, you know, go by ratings. I think uh, AEW 844,000, NXT at 612. But we don't do ratings here. We don't talk. We don't do the ratings. We don't worry about the ratings. It's more about who had the better week. And from what I saw, to me personally, NXT had the clear cut better week than AEW. And that means not only do they get the opening theme for this week's episode, they get the opening segment for this week's episode. We're going to talk about the three main focal points we need to keep an eye on going into this week. And of course, the go-home show for NXT and the Aftermath episode of AEW Dynamite. We'll be discussing all of that. And of course, talking about what's going to be going down this coming week, like I said before. I think we're going to have a fun episode with this one. But yes, NXT did win the week this week. This was just a clear cut. Immediately after the episode was done, I immediately said, yeah, they won. I immediately said, yep, they won. That was pretty easy. And they made it so easy. Because you got to think, they have, of course, three Dusty Club, uh, Dusty Cup matches that were fire. We now have the next chapter of Karrion Cross and Santos Escobar. Pete Dunne and Finn Balor is now official for NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day this coming Sunday. There was just a lot that went with it, and they really, really were able to have not only uh, the matches, the matches that were very important, of course, the Dusty Club uh, matchups, but Everything in between during the opening match between uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez taking on Kanazaro, uh, Casey Kanazaro and Kaden Carter until we got to the main event of Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa versus the Undisputed Era. This was just a wonderful night of professional wrestling and I thoroughly am happy, thoroughly pleased with the amount of action that we got the amount of storylines they, they have going on, they're, of course, working on with Vengeance Day coming up this Sunday as we head towards the uh, Go Home show that's coming Wednesday. But the fact that they uh, have other storylines that can be utilized even after Vengeance Day is taken care of. Because, of course, we all know we are in WrestleMania season. We're in the heart of it. We're in the middle of it. But I believe NXT um, is not going to have a takeover, probably during WrestleMania weekend. Uh, because they already have April 10th and April 11th locked up. They may have something going on in the month of March. We don't know as of yet. We will see. But I definitely think that we'll have something for probably either post-WrestleMania or uh, before WrestleMania. Uh, that They're going to have it on April 10th and April 11th. So I would definitely look for something around there. Maybe something after, of course. But that remains to be seen and we'll figure it out in due time. But NXT easily took this week. It, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't even close. Um, don't get me wrong. Dynamite had a solid show, a solid show for Beach Break. It's just when you compare it to NXT, it's like comparing uh, chitlins to filet mignon. The, the difference is there, and you can you can easily tell um, if you watch it the way I watch it. Of course, I have a key. I keep a key eye on certain things, and NXT immediately just you know just really had a lot a lot more going for them. Um, going into this week, and I know with Beach Break, um, it was a solid show, but it wasn't, it, it, at least it didn't have the feel of a revolution, um, especially for something that we are like about, what, about literally four weeks away from? Less than four weeks? 
So they got stuff they're going to, to as we head towards Revolution. But I think this week NXT really was on their A game and were able to keep the um keep up all the energy, especially with the Dusty the Dusty Cup definitely helped them a lot. Um uh, and, and the storylines that they actually have um and they have been building on for some time now. So that definitely helped NXT. So let us, of course, let them have the victory lap by discussing the top three main focal points we need to keep an eye on going into this week's go-home episode of NXT. Of course, we're going to be talking about the Dusty Cup. And that's, I think that's the top thing we got going on here, of course, for the men's and the women's side. And all three matches really did exactly what they needed to do in terms of building towards, of course, the finals. that are uh, Women's finals are going to be taking place at TakeOver Vengeance Day. And the men's finals that are going to be taking place at Vengeance Day. We found that out last week um, with the announcement that, yes, both matches will be a part of NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day, which I think is a solid idea across the board, 100%. Um, why not have both finals? There's no reason to have them on a regular NXT episode. This is your TakeOver special. You need to have it that. So we have at least, in that aspect, two of the five matches that usually go on for a TakeOver are taken care of. So let's discuss a little bit about the tag matches that we did have um, from last week. Starting off, of course, with the opening matchup with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez taking on Caden Carter and Casey Cannonzaro. And to be honest with y'all, ladies and gentlemen, um, this was probably, even with the botch that Cannonzaro had, yes, I did notice the botch. Y'all don't have to tell me. It was a botched arm drag. Um, but they really, but besides that, both Carter and Cannonzaro had solid, a solid performance on, on their end. You know, it wasn't as if it was going to be a runaway matchup for Kai and Gonzalez. They really made Kai and Gonzalez work for it. And that's kind of what the Dusty Club is all about. I mean, you know, as we get closer to the final, especially with the semifinals and finals, you're going to get some of your best performances out there. And I think for Cannizzaro and Carter, personally to me, that was their coming out party. As much as I know Kai and Gonzalez got the victory, they'll be moving on to the finals at TakeOver Vengeance Day. I am very proud of Cannizzaro and Carter for their for not only their performance uh, a couple weeks ago in the quarters, but the performance that they had against Kai and Gonzalez in the semis. Unfortunately for them, you know, no shot of them getting to the final now, but this definitely should help Cannizzaro and Carter going forward in 2021. I think, especially with the tag team division, they're trying to build down, you know, down in NXT. They definitely have something going here with this. So, I mean, now you have the uh, new talent in there, of course, uh, Zoe Stark, Cora Jade, and Gigi Dolan. That will definitely help them uh, if they need so to utilize the talent, new talent that they have. Of course, you also have Lorraine Hartwell and Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart on the other side of the bracket. Wait, uh, they'll be going, uh, we'll discuss that later on in the episode. But really, I think the standout team in this tournament, if I had to pick MVPs right now, would be Canizaro and Carter. They really, really have impressed me as of late. And all of that, all they've been doing for the past few months has definitely given them the ability to go out there with confidence and do some things that they normally don't do. You know, of course, um, that reverse uh, Phoenix Splash, you know, which is insane, you know, that Candace Earl apparently now has in her back pocket and, run, and makes that look 
clean with ease. Wasn't as clean this week. Uh, damn near, uh, what should I say, last week, um, damn near took the face off of Gonzalez. Kind of miscalculated that one, but eh, it bees with a bees. Can't can't hit them all properly. Ask Charlotte Flair how she hits her moonsaults. I don't know why she still lands on her feet. That just makes no sense to me. That's just... <sighs> but really, I have to really give both teams... Um, You know, both teams, I, I definitely am going to give a lot of praise to 100%. This was a wonderful match to kick off um, this uh, last week's episode of NXT. And that's definitely something uh, we should hang our hats on, 100% on Ken Azaro and Carter, that they were uh, able to put on a solid performance, even though they did take the L. Put that aside, with the... Kai the team of Kai and Gonzalez now going to the final. Um, this this is my kind of team right here. I think honestly, I didn't have a I, like I said, I didn't really have a boat, I didn't really have a you know a horse to put the bet uh, put the bet on. But if you're asking me dead point right now of the three teams that we have left, who I think is the favorite right now, it's gotta be Kai and Gonzalez. And there's and it, it's not even close. Um these two have really um Separately, have had solid years. I think Kai 20, Kai's 2020 uh, was solid. And I think Gonzalez's second half of 2020 really brought her into the forefront at, top, at, the, top, at the top of the mid-tier of the NXT Women's Division. And I think with a victory in the NXT, with NXT's uh, Women's Dusty Cup Tag Team Classic, Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, I'm sorry, they're able to really have the chance to honestly, truly make a name for themselves in NXT. Not only in NXT, but in the uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Championship scene. I think that's a really big deal, a big thing that a lot of people need to take notice. I have been saying it for a little while now. I, I believe that the winner of this tournament should face Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler at a pay-per-view and win the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. I really do believe that. I believe that this team, I think any of the three teams left could do it, could actually believably beat Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. And I'm being dead honest about that. Either Either one of these three teams could honestly make that case, and honestly, whoever of the three teams won those Tag Team Championships, I think 100%, this would definitely be uh, a solid choice across the board. I would have no problem with that whatsoever. It would just be super easy to make that call. But with Kai and Gonzalez now in the final, we're seeing, and I think now this may be the possibility and opens the door for Blackheart and Moon to take the other side of that final. And given the fact that the possibility of, you know, you can go heel, you can go heel for Sealer, heel for Space, and neither either one of these matchups uh, with Lorraine and Hartwell versus Kai and Gonzalez or Ember Moon and Chelsea Blackheart uh, versus Kai and Gonzalez would definitely be believable. All of it would be believable. 100%. But I think the route they're going to be going with is heel versus face here. So I may be, I'm, I'm kind of predicting that Moon and Blackheart would get to the final. But if Lorraine and Hartwell do get to the final, I think that would be a solid final regardless. But they may go with Blackheart and Moon given the fact that Again, heel versus face, and they've been rivals. Uh, they were a good amount, a good portion of rivals for the uh, good portion of 
2020. So that may be a little something. Of course, with um, Blackheart and um, Moon, they, of course, had beef with Dakota Kai, and they had beef with Gonzalez. I think if you even did Lorraine Hartwell, the story would be there, but not as much. So maybe they're going to lean on Blackheart and Moon to get the victory, get revenge on Candace and Indy, and then be able to go into the final and take on Kai and Gonzalez. It's kind of what I'm thinking here. But that's kind of where I'm, my head is at at this point with that. But yeah, shit, regardless of who makes it to the final against Kai and Gonzalez, it's going to be a solid freaking final. We then move over to the Legado del Fantasma and Lucha House Party match um, in the quarterfinals. And this was just Lucha personified. I mean, when you have four men, the likes of Joaquin, Joaquin Wilde, Raul Mendoza, uh, Grand Metalik and Lindsay Dorado, they really put on what I thought was a really, really um, enjoyable match in uh, the middle of the card. You know, I had a feeling that Legato was going to get the victory here, given the fact that they wanted to get, of course, Lucha, House Party, and Legato were at odds for a hot minute. And in a, somewhat, in a sense, Lucha kind of had a little bit of the better of them. But it also made sense for Legato to make it to the semi, uh, the semifinals. Um, here, because I'm sure Lucha House Party will now, you know, they're, they're on loan. Um, I'm not sure if they're actually legitimately in the division now as a whole, or if they're going to go back up to Monday Night Raw and or whatever. I believe they're on Raw, but um, definitely I would want to see Legato personally over Lucha House Party because I think the better matchup now that we know MSK will be taking on Legato in the semifinals. I think that's the more appealing matchup, and I really think they're trying to push. You know, these two teams. And I've been really wanting to see Legato de Fantasma's team of Wild and uh, Mendoza really start to get a little bit of notoriety besides Santos Escobar. To me, this is definitely still shaping up to be MSK GYV in the final. I think that's kind of what they're heading towards right now. But stranger things have happened in the tournament. Um, I just think the way the, the way the final four is set up right now. You're looking at a GYV MSK final, and at that point, I don't know who would honestly win that because you can make the case for both teams, you know. But that's a, that's a whole different, you know, thing um, in and of itself with that. So that's all. Like I said, that's a whole different spiel here that we can discuss um, next Monday after Takeover Vengeance Day. We'll, we'll we'll discuss that at, uh, next Monday for you know it'll wouldn't be a brief review. Of it because that'll be on uh, Patreon, but man, yeah, I think and this match was just, this match was just so much fun to watch. This was a lot of this was Lucha personified for these two teams. These this was easily Lucha personified. The back and forth between both teams, a rivalry that they've had been developing for some time, which is also a good thing about this Dusty Cup tournament is that when you have storylines developing with teams that are in are in beef with each other, it adds a little bit more to the matchup and makes it a little bit better to enjoy. So this match was just so much fun for me. A lot of back and forth, a lot of a lot of Lucha action, a lot of sound stuff with power bombs, deep arm drags, springboard moves. It was this was just fun. This was fun, fun, fun to watch. And honestly, I'd actually watch this match again. I really would. Usually I don't watch uh mid-card matches. Uh, if I if they have any replay value, but this match actually has some fun replay value, and it really shows the development of Wild and Mendoza as a tag team. I think they're going to be a hell of a threat uh, in the NXT Tag Team Division for 2021. Definitely something the, a team to look out for in 2021 is definitely Legado del Fantasma's Mendoza and Wild, which leads to the main event. Two weeks. 
Very nice. Very, very, very nice. This was this was a main event to be proud of. A proper main event to be proud of. I'm so happy for this. Um, you know, a team that was formed out of respect versus a team that has been running NXT for close to two years. A little bit more than that, honestly. This was what a true main event for NXT was definitely about. This was no nonsense. This was just two guys in Thatcher and Champa who just want to beat the living hell out of anything and anyone, regardless of who they are as a person, what notoriety they have, what credibility, accolades, none of that. It means nothing. means nothing to them. They want to beat you down. Undisputed Era, of course, have a little bit more finesse to them. So that makes it all worthwhile, but it's one of those things where you just sit back and you simply just enjoy. This was an enjoyable matchup. There was no no interference, no nonsense, no bullshit, straight up two on two going at it. And I, like I said, it was a solid main event across the board. This was the kind of main event you could easily ask for in terms of Dusty Cup matches. This is my kind of main event. And I love that it was my kind of main event. Just beating the living hell out of each other 100%. And in the end, Timothy Thatcher actually took a bullet for Champa. Timothy Thatcher took the bullet for Thatcher. And we'll go over that for a hot second. So we had Thatcher going for the Fujiwara armbar. Strong rolls him over. Thatcher gets the oh, open palm strike, then hits a German suplex. Gets the tag to Champa, who hits, and they start a German suplex party, which I thought was pretty dope. Um, after about four or five of them things, um, one last one from Thatcher into a running knee strike that got a two count. Thatcher throws Cole to the outside of the ring after, as he's trying to uh, block Cole off. Then you had uh, Champa uh, below to Strong's back. Uh, he goes for the fairy tale ending. Strong denies that. Hits the hits the angle slam. Tags in Cole. Cole gets a super kick on Thatcher, and then they hit the flying knee super kick combination, and that surprisingly got a two count. Uh, Cole tags in Strong again. Strong hits in a hard hit. Thatcher pulls Cole out of the ring, and then it's a European uppercut on Cole. Um, looked like he was uh, about to get hit with a wrecking ball drop kick. Misses that. Strong goes for the jumping knee strike. It's a belly to back suplex on the uh, ringside barricade. Champa connects with the Willow's Bell to pick up the victory. Oof. So. Thatcher gets hit with a back suplex on the ringside barricade, and I gave Champa enough time to have the wherewithal to catch Strong in the Willow's Bell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, this was, like I said, all-out action uh, throughout that has so much replay value. It was so good. It was just so, so good. Um, a lot of back and f- a good ton of back and forth of this. And I'm surprised I've been talking for 20 minutes about this because I kind of wanted to lessen that a little bit, but um, it bees what it bees. It was just one of those things where this was the, this was one of the better matches of the Dusty Cup tournament on the men's side. You know, and we still have three matches left before the tournament is over. But yeah, so far I have to honestly say this is my match of the tournament. This was my match of the tournament. 
so far. I, I honestly have not seen a better match than this. And like I said, surprisingly, Champa Thatcher get the victory. A big shocking upset, in my honest opinion. But, you know, this was the kind of matchup that can really solidify Thatcher and Champ as a team if they want to use them going forward in the tag team division. But yeah, your final four set. You now have Thatcher and Champa versus GYV. MSK versus Legato. I still hold on to MSK and GYV making it to the finals for uh, this coming Sunday. And I really think those two teams are going to pop the fuck off come February 14th. Now, I'm not saying that the winner of Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne will face Edge at WrestleMania 37, but I think WWE shouldn't immediately dismiss the option now, you know, all y'all know I'm all about the details. And this, this opens up plenty of doors for WrestleMania 37's two-night card. And I'll explain. Quickly. Let's say Thatcher. Oh, that's Thatcher. Jesus Christ. Um, let's say. Edge. Chooses Finn Balor or Pete Dunne. Right? And they go on to face each other at WrestleMania. NXT Championship on the line. It becomes a banger. You open up the other two top titles on the main roster. That leaves the WWE Championship open. And that leaves the Universal Championship wide open. Now, I know there are reports out there saying Roman Reigns versus Edge is going to be the planned match at WrestleMania. To which I say, you're out of your fucking mind. Edge is simply making the rounds. But I honestly could see Finn Balor versus Edge. I could see Pete Dunne versus Edge at Mania. And then you could do a McIntyre Lashley WWE Championship at Mania. And hopefully a Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan matchup at WrestleMania. You set up the opportunity to have three marquee matchups of your brand's top championships on the line at Mania. Just throwing it out there. Just putting it out there for you guys to understand. But let's see. Let's talk about what happened with uh, Finn Balor and Pete Dunne before Edge came out. Pete Dunne immediately um, comes out. And they said, you know, uh, they come up, they pull up to the CWC. And you have Mr. Dunne says, I want Finn Balor. So Lorkin and Birch were just like, let's go get Finn Balor. Pete Dunn's out there. He said, I toned Finn Balor to his face that I'm not waiting anymore. But he didn't listen. So last week, I delivered a message again and snapped his fingers. Don't force me to make it any more clearer than that. Out comes Finn Balor. Gets to the apron and says, Pete, you say you're done waiting. But it looks to me like you're still hiding in line behind those two clowns. I don't hide behind anyone. Doesn't look like it to me. Lorkin and Birch dip out. Pete Dunn tells him, you better hold on to that championship tight. Because the first chance I get, it's mine. Finn Balor tells him straight up, well, you got your chance. Takeover. Vengeance Day. Finn Balor versus Pete Dunn for the NXT Championship. Edge comes out. CWC's rocking. Feels good. I wish there was a crowd there, but 
COVID. Excuse me. Edge comes out, says, this feels good. You see, a lot of times in WWE, we put the focus on the E. But here in NXT, the focus is on that second W, and that's fun. See, for years, I watched this show as a fan, just like everybody else. But you know what I always saw? Passion. Hunger. I see fire in your eyes. But what people don't know, and what I'm about to tell you, is that this place, this show, helped me find my passion. It helped me to get, find the passion to get my career back after nine years. I used that passion to win the Royal Rumble this past Sunday. By winning that, it allows me to challenge any champion within this company. I look at you two and I see two of the damn best. You know how I feel about you, looking at Pete Dunne. See, you and I, I see so much of me. The good and the bad. But that's what makes us who we are. Pete Dunne shrugs his shoulders. And I would have shrugged my shoulders just like that ten years ago too, kid. And I look at you. Then looking at Finn Balor. I see a guy who is operating on an entirely different level. You are in a zone that is special to watch. So, I'm going to be watching your match at TakeOver. Because I've never had that. So no matter who wins your match at TakeOver, that, pointing to the NXT Championship, is intriguing. And if I haven't made my choice by TakeOver, who knows? This fight may cause me to make my choice. Okay. 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 Yeah, I'm for that. This could be a repeat of uh, what happened last year with Charlotte challenging Rio Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship. I'm for it. I'm all for it. Edge versus Finn Balor or Pete Dunne? At Mania? For the NXT title? Yeah. Give me, I want that. I would like that. Because I believe in my mind that would be so much better than seeing a Roman Reigns versus Edge. Hell, maybe, maybe I would actually want to see that over Drew McIntyre versus Edge. I think you can get a lot more out of Finn Balor than you could with a Drew McIntyre or a Roman. Because if it's a Roman, you already pretty much, I'm giving, immediately giving the W to Roman. If you're having... You know, Drew McIntyre versus Edge. Uh, I would still get Drew the win. Finn Balor versus Edge. That's a little bit more believable. That's probably the most believable matchup I could see. So, WWE has an opportunity to really, I mean... Either way, I think Edge loses. I don't see Edge winning either one with Roman or Drew. I think just right now, with everything they got, with everything, I think Drew's established. Roman's a made man, and I think him Edge versus Balor, I think would be a fun matchup to watch. And then it opens up everything for the uh, Raw roster because you still have Elimination Chamber coming up in February, and I think Brian could win that possibly if he's on his last run. And of course, Drew, I think Drew and Bobby Lashley could really tear it down at Mania. You know, would Bobby lose to the United States Championship beforehand? Possibly. Would he lose it to Matt Riddle? Possibly. 
But then that opens the door for Lashley and McIntyre at Mania. I think that would be a fun magic to watch. I've seen it before, but it's been a long while since I've seen a Lashley and McIntyre matchup. And now that Lashley's in the Hurt business, McIntyre can have the de- would have to deal with the entirety of the Hurt business. I think that in itself it would be a solid storyline to see with that. That's just me personally, though. But we'll see how that goes over the coming weeks and months, and who as uh, we weeks and month um, to see who Edge would choose for his championship opportunity at WrestleMania. And finally, sometimes in life, when you talk a good amount of shit, you better hope that whoever you talk shit about doesn't come around to return the favor and talk shit right back at you. Santos Escobar's shit-talking about Karrion Cross may come back to bite him right in the ass. And... Oh boy, oh boy. I mean, don't get me wrong. Santos Escobar, divine NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Won't put anything past him. He runs the division as much. But now it looks as if, you know... Escobar's kind of cleaned out the division in my eyes. Stallion, I mean, yeah, he was kind of believable, but we knew in the end, we knew in the end that, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's one of those things where you would want to see, I mean, let's go back to uh, what he said about carrying. You know, Pretty much talk shit about him. You know, title you never lost and all this shit. Yeah, he was he was talking a little bit. And then, of course, with the preview of the uh, Legato del Fantasmo matchup, he even said himself, the end is near. Referring back to the tarot card from last week. So, of course, Escobar dominates, defeats Stallion for to retain the NXT tag, uh, not tag, um, NXT Cruiserweight Championship. And of course, the entire matchup, Scarlett was watching his matchup with a keen eye on Escobar. <sighs> yeah, yeah. So after the matchup was over, after he defeated Kurt Stallion for the championship, Let me see here. Yep. After the cover, uh, with the Legato Bester, Cross walks, Cross comes down to the ramp. Boots Mendoza, scoops, tosses wild, and then drags Mendoza back up, hits a gut wrench into the barriers. Esker, Escobar doesn't seem to sweat it. Not one bit. He gets in the ring, looks at, uh, Looks at Escobar and says, we got a problem. The solution? I'm giving you the gift of time. A double-edged sword. All that will give you is time to think on the inevitable. Now run along. Escobar wasn't feeling that at all. Escobar was kind of hating, but he also kind of knew it would be a bad idea to go go uh, head up with a uh, carrying cross at that point. With a scrunch look on his face, he 
pretty much backs down, takes the Cruiserweight Championship, and heads out. But me personally, this is definitely a matchup we'll be seeing in the coming weeks. This will definitely be a little bit of a feud before we get to Mania. You know, definitely something that we'll be building for in the coming weeks. But Karrion Cross wasn't apparently done. Karrion Cross was not done. And I should not really take out that tab like an idiot. So later on, after Edge spoke with uh, Finn and Pete, he then, uh, I believe, uh, he was talking to the Colossal, Bronson Reed in the back. And uh, NXT catches up with him. Asked him if he made a decision on who he would face. He says, no, not yet. But even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. Excuse me. We then see Cross come over. Looks at Edge and says, you got a very big decision to make. A moment that you will have to live with for the rest of your life. I hope you choose wisely and not emotionally. Because in the end, it won't be Pete Dunn or Finn Balor going to WrestleMania. It'll be me. Having taken back the title that I never lost. Time tells all, even for the ultimate opportunist. Edge comes out and says, ooh, sounds scary. But with words like that, they can be motivating. They can motivate me to come back to NXT. Maybe you wouldn't like that. I don't know. They might set up table. I like very much. I like. I do like very much. This is going to be fantastic. Great success. Just do it. Make this. Just do it. Just bring Edge down to NXT. Do it. Hell, I know they want Kevin Owens to drop back down to NXT. That'd be dope. They should do that. Absolutely. Bring uh, Owens back to the NXT. Oh, yeah. 100%. I would definitely be all for it. 100%. Let's get this man down here, and he and Karrion Cross can have a little thank thing. I'd definitely be all for it. I think you'd be all for it. You know, having Edge in NXT? I wouldn't even say this is the safe move. I'd say this is the smart move. The smart move to bring Edge down to NXT and not have... And, and not lose the believability of Edge possibly becoming NXT champion. That's just one man's opinion, but we'll see what goes down in the coming weeks and months ahead. So that's going to conclude what went down with NXT last week. When we come back, AEW this time has to play second fiddle. And we'll discuss what went down over on AEW's Beach Break for episode two of last week. This week, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Episode 2 of last week. 
this weekend, unfortunately for AEW, they had to play second middle. But it's not to say AEW Dynamite did not come out swinging this week. Of course, this week, last week was beach break. And I would have to say for a type show, it wasn't bad. It was a solid show across the board. You know, they had good matches. Um, some of the matches on the card were kind of, mm, okay. You know? And they, but they, they were continuing to develop a lot of things. I think this was more so developing storylines as we head towards the AEW Revolution, and more so having each break be its own show. That's kind of the, the vibe I felt from it when I watched AEW Dynamite last week. So that's kind of where my head was at in terms of why NXT defeated AEW Dynamite this week. But that's not to say we didn't have a lot to talk about. Okay, there was a good amount to talk about. Um, and I'm going to get it out of the way now. The wedding between Kim Sabian and Penelope Ford. Congratulations again to Sabian and Ford for uh, getting hitched. Uh, we know what was going to happen. We saw some buffoonery. And in the end, Chucky e. T and Orange Cassidy were able to get the last laugh on Kip Sabian and Nero. Uh, with Tony T, of course, uh, handcuffing Nero's uh, uh, leg the ropes. Uh, not allowing him to actually make any uh, good amount of offense in, but not enough to keep Tony T incapacitated. Kip Sabian got a little offense in. Uh, all his Ford's face got crushed into the cake. And Orange Cassidy comes out and gives a nice little move there to Kip Sabian to incapacitate him. As they get revenge on Miro and Kip Sabian, and Chucky T no longer has to be the butler of Kip Sabian and Miro after uh, that happened. So, with that being said, let's get into the three main focal points I believe everyone should be focusing on going into next week and beyond. And I literally wrote these two words as my first point. Motherfucking Kenta. Literally, that's all I know. Motherfucking Kenta. Now, as we talked about and reported on last week, on News of the Week, from Cincinnati, by the way, I guess you've not checked that out yet. Uh, do make sure you check that out. And all the news with the uh, relationship, the partnership between AEW and NJPW finally beginning. And they had wasted no time in uh, getting that popping. With the Kenta coming out, after the match was over between uh, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers taking on Moxley, Pac, and Ray Phoenix in the main event of Beach Break. Kenny Omega and Good Brothers getting the victory there. What I thought was a f- super fun matchup and really starting to see, you know, how much fun, you know, the Omega and the Good Brothers are having with this whole deal. It really works well. They work well. And th- mind you, they're going across three, four brands with this. Three full brands. Three four of them things. Okay, this is this is this is spectacular. You know, we knew it, and the fact that they're using utilizing NJPW of America in order to actually begin the next chapter in the storyline between oh, uh, Kenta and John Moxley. Given the fact that Kenta is the battle rights certificate holder and has a shot at the United States Heavy, uh, IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship already locked up in which we found out that they're going to be facing each other on NGPW's uh, New Beginning in America on February 26th. So if you have NGPW World, 
Uh, make sure you catch that. You can catch that live. You can catch that on the replay. So remember, uh, again, February 26th, Kenta John Moxley should be fired. Not going to discount that any bit because it's going to be fired. But now we now have Kenta in AEW. Bullet Club in AEW. The NJPW version, not just the AEW portion of the program. This, again, like I said last week, opens the forbidden door. This opens the forbidden door for AEW and NJPW. Being able to utilize NJPW of America in order to be able to have Kenta John Moxley. You know, that becomes somewhat of a storyline within AEW. It really shows that AEW is really having their eyes on the prize and being able to establish partnerships um, with other companies and be able to utilize them as well and their talent over on AEW Dynamite. They want to establish relationships with that. They already had a relationship with Impact Wrestling, of course, with the Good Brothers aligning themselves with Kenny Omega, uh, with Private Party taking on the Good Brothers at, um, I believe, No Surrender for the uh, Impact World Tag Team Championships. Um, hopefully they start utilizing their talent in the X Division over there because I think that would definitely get a huge boost. Um, hell, bring Manning. Bring TJ Perkins. Um, to AEW Dynamite having to defend the Exhibition Championship against the Sammy Guevara or maybe a Jungle Boy. I've been saying that. I've been saying, giving you all these combinations. But now, and also you're adding in NWA a little bit because you have the NWA Women's Champion Serena Deeb um, in the AEW Women's World Title Eliminated Tournament, which we'll be talking about later on in the segment. And having that on there. So they have a partnership with NWA. And then... You know, I hope they I hope they were able to get Aldis. I hope they're able to get Aldis in on the action because Aldis in AEW Dynamite would be bananas as he is the current reigning and defending NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. Because I would love to see him just go over there and handle business with uh, the likes of Moxley and Omega. That would just be, oh my God, those matches. Would, you want to talk about crazy wish list matches? Yeah, give me Aldis Omega right quick. Give me that. All this, all this Omega, all this Moxley, you know, that, that would be insanity. So now we have Kenta in AEW uh, attacking Moxley after the matchup, uh, came in masked up, uh, hoodie down, all that, takes off the mask, takes off the hoodie and reveals himself, Kenta in AEW. Whew. Dare I say, we've got something going on here with New Japan now and AEW. Simply wonderful. Just fan, just fantastic across the board. You know, now you've got. All you got what you got impact, you got AEW, you got New Japan, and you got NWA a little bit working together as a cohesive unit, working together as a partnership across the board for everyone.
this whole partnership amongst everybody could really tip the balance in their favor in terms of this. And now that we're adding in New Japan, expect more. This is just the beginning. This is just the start, starting point of everything. This really is going to be one of those situations where, again, like I said last week, if WWE does not get on the damn ball, it is going to be an epic ass whooping because of the fact that you're now having all these companies partnering up. In my opinion, solely for the purpose of professional wrestling and better in the betterment of professional wrestling and, you know, showing the world what we can really do if we're able to come together and bring in solid talent that helps storylines go on. AEW saw the opportunity and partnered up with that. And now we're getting Kenta and the John Moxley storyline now involved with that. So there's going to be a lot going on over the next couple, you know, next few weeks, of course, with Kenta and John Moxley now. They've got their storyline going, going into February 26th. He's, Moxley's still got a thing with Omega. I'm sure they, these two might go at it at Revolution for the AEW World Championship in a rematch. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. And this is the this is probably the perfect time for all of this to be happening. You got a, you got a lot of moving parts, and somehow, some way, AEW is somehow able and capable of really getting everything together and keeping everything together and just really making it look good. It looks clean. It doesn't look like garbage. They're really portraying this as serious, true seriousness across the entire board. This is one of those things where you got to think in your mind where this is just fan fucking tastic. It, it, it's wonderful to see. It's truly wonderful to see. And I, I I'm ready for it. I'm ready for exactly whatever they're going to bring to the table for all of it. I, I just can't wait for it. I really can't wait to see what they're going to really take out of their pocket, take out of their back pocket because of the fact that you have so many possibilities. It's just the possibilities are endless now. What can we do now? What's the next move? And this is really, like I said, it's going to open the door for New Japan and AEW to really establish a proper partnership with each other. So much so to the point where it, Maybe we're going to start to see a lot of talent, hopefully soon, come into the fold, and really we're going to get some dynamic dream matches that not many people are ready, have been ready to see or are ready to see. It's going to be insanity regardless, and I cannot wait for it at all. Let us, though, get into the inner circle action because that's a definite big storyline um, going on for sure. We, of course, had the Tag Team Battle World to open up uh, last week's episode of AEW Dynamite. And with the winners of, if any team besides the Young Bucks win, they get a shot at the AEW World Tag Team Championships at Revolution on March 7th. If the Young Bucks were able to get the victory in the Battle Royal, they would be able to handpick their opponent at Revolution. And it was actually announced by, uh, I believe, uh, Shivani. No, I think it was, I believe it was the Jim Ross or Excalibur. I think it was wasn't Shivani, but... One of them said they would challenge the Good Brothers for the AEW World Tag Team Championships 
at Revolution if they were able to defeat everybody in the Tag Team Battle Royal. This was some wild shit. It was wild. It was a wild thing. Um, came down actually to the team. Uh, uh, well, to was it with uh, Sammy Guevara, Darius Martin, and Chris Jericho after Martin uh, eliminated Caster, and it looked as if Guevara and Jericho were going to pretty much uh, take out Darius Martin, and then those two would battle it out uh, with uh, Sammy or Jake going on to the final, uh, going to the championship. Or Chris Jericho and MJF win. Now, I said last week that if, you know, if Chris Jericho and MJF would, you know, if it wasn't the Young Bucks, my first pick would definitely be Chris Jericho and MJF. And with that, Chris Jericho won it. Now, I personally would have wanted to see uh, Young Bucks, Good Brothers, but I think we're going to be waiting on that for a little bit, which is perfectly fine. Like This whole storyline still has a good amount of legs, so we got plenty of time to make that happen. But Chris Jericho and MJF, win the Tag Team Battle Royal. They get the shot at the Tag Team Championships at Revolution. Sammy Guevara, though, felt some type of way about it, given the fact that he was uh, eliminated by Chris Jericho as he was trying to get Darius Martin out. So he was trying to throw both men out, but just Darius Martin was able to hang on, and unfortunately for Guevara, Guevara got thrown out. In the end, though, Jericho was able to throw out uh, Darius Martin, and uh, he and MJF were, uh, won the matchup, thus giving them the right to challenge for the AEW World Tag Team Championships at Revolution. But there was a little bit of dissension in the back after the matchup. Um, after uh, the matchup and the announcement, of, of course, of the Women's ta- um, World Title Eliminator Tournament, the new number one contenders are already celebrating. They got a, they got a whole cooler full of bubbly. They're ready to party. And they get into the back. So they're getting ready to celebrate. Jericho's, you know, MJF, you know, number of contenders, we're all in this together. And Sammy comes out and says, are we? Jericho's like, of course. You know, everyone else got thrown on the end, but it's collateral damage. Oh, collateral damage. Why are we always collateral damage? Like, wait, 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 we're all in this together. This is, this, you know, inner circles in the, in the, in the championships. Sammy's like, you know what? Sometimes I'm not sure. He storms out, and Jericho and MJF like tells Jericho, maybe she go talk to him. Now I refer back to a voice message Mr. Fred sent me many months ago, asking me, and this is still a recurring thing because it, it it's it, it this storyline is getting better and better with the week. He asked me just in case you guys missed it, if MGF was trying to take out Jericho and take over the inner circle, to which I replied, no. And I still state to this point that MGF is trying to implode the inner circle from within and taking out Chris Jericho at the same time. But Mr. Fretz may be onto something, people. I wouldn't say I discount it. You know, I didn't discount it. I just said he wouldn't take over the inner circle. And I would, I, like I said, I, I would say he would implode the inner circle. This would allow the inner circle to implode by his doing, by his manipulation. But Mr. Fritz is definitely onto something now. He's still onto something. 
let's not, I'm not going to take that away from Mr. Fretz. He is definitely onto something. Now, keep in mind of what Sammy had said when they had their inner circle resolutions and all that, you know, the state of the inner circle. If there's one mess up, one mix up, one piece of nonsensical bullshit, I'm gone. Chris Jericho will give the blessing. Sammy's leaning towards that. Sammy's leaning towards literally going out on his own. If one piece of nonsense goes down and maybe what MJF is trying to do is take out the two weak links in his mind. Destroy Chris Jericho as leader of the inner circle and in the in the process, getting rid of Sammy Guevara because he believes he's dead weight. And the possibility of the remaining members of the inner circle, that being Hager and uh, Santana and Ortiz, and then become a quintet. Mr. Fretz is still onto something. And I still lean towards Nah, but it's really getting a little bit harder to keep up with the theory. The possibility is there, Mr. Fretz, and I think, you know, it's starting to lean your way. And I wouldn't be mad at that one bit because that would be one hell of a storyline for MJF and Chris Jericho. Because MJF-Chris Jericho is still a match I honestly still need to see in 2021. With the possibility of fighting for the leadership of the inner circle may be the thing that would help this cause be crazy. That would be very interesting. But yeah, Mr. Fretz... You're definitely on you're definitely on your way to something. I think you've got something in the bag. MJF, of course, tells the boys, it's time we have a conversation. Wardlow, you mind handling that? Gets the cameraman out, closes the door. And then you have MJF, Wardlow, Hager, Santana, and Ortiz. Somebody may come out of this. And I think, Mr. Fretz, you're on to something. I think your theory is starting to hold up and starting to hold water. Into what shape? I don't know, but I think you're definitely onto something. I think you might be right on this one. I think you might have me stand corrected. And if that's the case, you will get all the credit in the world, of course, and you easily have my vote of confidence going forward. But, of course, everything remains to be seen. Finally, you know damn well that we're going to be talking about the AEW Women's World Title Eliminator Tournament. You knew that was going to happen. In my mind, this could be AEW's best chance to rebuild the women's division and reestablish the foundation that Hikaru Shida stands on as we speak. They, of course, been talking about this for a little while now. And we finally found out the 16 participants that will be taking on the task of getting into the number one contender spot for the AEW Women's World Championship. So on the Japanese side of things, Aja Kong, Yuka Sakazaki, Veni, Emi Sakura, Ryo Mizunami, Mei Suruga, Rinka Karakura, Kadokura, and Maki Ito are on the Japanese side of things. On the United States side, Serena Deeb, Lil Miss Riho, Britt Baker, Tay Conti, Thunder Rosa, Nyla Rose, Anna Jay, and Layla Hirsch. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a snub. We have a legitimate snub 
in this tournament, and I don't know what's going on with Big Swole. But Big Swole, I would easily put in and substitute Layla Hirsch. I would easily substitute Tanara Kanchi with Big Swole. I would substitute both of them with Abaddon and Big Swole. Don't get me wrong. I like me some Tanara Kanchi. She a good looking chick and she knows how to wrestle in the ring. Plus she knows her judo and her jujitsu. And she's fine. I'm just a man. I am merely just a man. And I've seen that woman's Instagram and we already know what time it is. But for me personally, Kanchi and Hirsch, I think still need more work before they can be put into an eliminator tournament. I was kind of shocked that Big Swole wasn't cho- was chosen as one of the eight for the American side. I don't know if she has an injury or if they're just not working, you know, they have nothing for her and creative or anything of the, of the sort. But that's a hell of a snub to me personally. I definitely think Big Swole was the the ultimate snub in this tournament. That's just me. You know, definitely I would would like to see something out of that. I would see... I think think she kicks ass. I think she's definitely a, a person who easily would be able to handle business in um, the tournament. So it kind of like kind of like threw me through a loop a little bit for the fact that um, Big Swole didn't get in this tournament. Like I said, it's the ultimate snub. But I digress, and we'll keep it moving. This tournament, though. Looks quite interesting. The 16 that they have chosen. Now, of course, on the Japanese side, I know Anja Kong, I know Yuka Sakazaki, I know Emi Sakura. I saw a highlight of Maki Ito, and I already pretty much put out there, yo, Ito needs to be over stateside. Um, they had, uh, I think, Deadlock, um, at Deadlock PW. Um, and one of the uh, people that are a part of uh, Deadlock, um, Pulse, James Pulse. Uh, definitely a good follow, uh, check, person to check out on uh, YouTube. Um, has solid content and one of the people I follow. Um, he, uh, him and uh, along with, uh, I believe, Del- not Delzinski. Is it Delzinski? I know definitely him and Johnny Blood are a part of it. Um, but yeah, he is a big fan of the uh, Joshi side of things and he is a big uh, proponent on a, a good portion of this. And I believe Maki Ito was one of them that they highlighted on Deadlock's Twitter. And I saw the highlights, and I was just like, yeah. Little tiny thing, gives no fucks, giving middle fingers out like it's Halloween candy. Has her own theme song, and she crazy. So 
So I would definitely want to see how how well she does in the tournament. Um, Asha Kong definitely is going to be a, a favorite on the Japanese side. Sakazaki will be looked at. Sakura may get out early. I'm not sure. But, of course, um, Veni, Mizunami, Soruga, and Karakura, those are people we're definitely going to keep an eye on for this tournament because they're unknowns to us uh, over here stateside. So I'm curious to see how they're going to, because I believe on their side of the bracket, they're all matches that are going to be taking place in Japan. Um, so just so we know, and then the winner, I believe, of that will head back, uh, go to stateside and uh, challenge the winner of the U.S. side um, in the eliminator tournament final um, sometime in 2021. We shall see how that goes down. But that, that's your 16 right here. And I'm sure, I, I believe Sakazaki still signed with AEW. Sakura is still signed with AEW. Rio, of course, signed with AEW. Uh, she wasn't going to go anywhere anytime soon. But this definitely opens up an opportunity for, you know, ladies like Rio to get back into the swing of things. Britt Baker to become a uh, proper contender for the championship. Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker matchup in the, in the semis on the U.S. side might be a thing. Um, Nyla Rose will definitely get her uh, get her groove on in this tournament. And a J definitely will be have something to say. Um, Kanji and Hirsch are the two wild cards. They can make some waves, but um, I expect first round exits out of both of them. Um, and I have a strange feeling that they're going to do Kanji and J as a first round matchup for the U.S. side. That's just me. That's just me. On terms of the Japanese side, um, Sakazaki could definitely uh, make a run. Sakura will probably have something to say about that. Ajikong will definitely be a uh, beast to be dealing with in this tournament. But, you know, I, I'm not sure who I would want to see win this tournament. Because given the fact that I don't know a good amount of the names on the Japanese side, and the fact that the U.S. bracket definitely is wide open. It's definitely wide open, so I'm curious to see what matchups we may get out of this. Um, as far as we know, the only matchup that we know of is Serena Deep versus Rio in the first round. Who I would put in the second? That matchup in that side of the bracket? Give me Nyla Rose and uh, Layla Hirsch. And then we can probably, the possibility of Rio and Nyla Rose in the semis of the bracket would definitely be crazy. Because if you if y'all you know, you never seen that matchup, um, was it last year? I want to say, was it last year? I believe it was last year. Early last year. It was early last year or late 2019 that we got that matchup with uh, Rio and Nyla Rose, which at that time was one of the best women's matches that we had ever seen in AEW Dynamite in that division. And still one of my favorites ever. Because they blew the roof off of that building with that matchup. Crowd went fucking bananas uh, for that matchup. So I would definitely want to see um, something with that. We will see how everything goes with all of that. But this tournament is going to be interesting to see. Um, I'm sure they'll be able to, uh, probably starting be starting it very soon. Uh, if not, this coming week, they'll be starting it uh, maybe in the, in the next couple of weeks or so once they get brackets sorted out and everything. But that is going to conclude what went down last week on AEW side. When we come back, we'll talk about the final segment of the show and discuss what will be going down this week for AEW Dynamite and the Go Home episode of NXT before NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. All here on episode two of last week, this week. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
All right, we are back. Episode two of last week, this week. Now we're going to talk about what's going down this week on NXT's Go Home Show and the aftermath, the fallout from AEW Beach Break over on AEW Dynamite. And since NXT got the win this week, they get the first crack, and we'll be discussing NXT, what will be going down this Wednesday. Here's what we have advertised. Excuse me. This week's episode of NXT. Of course, we have the semifinals uh, wrapping up with Ember Moon and Shanti Blackheart teaming up to take on Candy Candice LeRae. Not Candy. I was thinking of uh, another wrestler named Candy. Um, Candy Floss, for some reason. Don't ask why. Um, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell in the semifinals of the Women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. This should be a really fun match to watch. I think this is the one match that was basically like, okay, that one was the inevitable type deal. Um, I wasn't expecting Kenan Zaro and Carter to take on Kai and Gonzalez, but it made sense once we, once we actually saw the match from last week. This was the one that was the inevitable. And it's a 50-50 toss-up either way you look at it. You can get Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell in the final, and it would work. You can put Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart in the final, and it would work. Me personally, I would want to see Moon and Blackheart in the final. Shotzi being able to get her, I guess, proverbial last laugh on Candace and Indy and stopping them from getting to the final and stopping D-Way. Because do you know D-Way? Marley knows, Marley knows D-Way. I know D-Way. Do you know D-Way? I'm, I'm surprised they haven't made that a meme yet. A full-on meme with Gargano, uh, Loray, Gary, Indy Hartwell. Somebody needs to get on that again, you know, because I'm not, I ain't got no time for making memes. But, um, I would definitely want to see a full-on uh, Nigerian Knuckles meme with uh, The Way. That would be something to see. And I'm surprised I haven't seen it yet on social media, which kind of surprises me. But I'm going to go with Moon and Blackheart to make it to the final. I think we're going to get a heel-face matchup. And I think it would make the most sense uh, with a heel-face matchup in the final, in the first final. Uh, I think Moon and Blackheart taking on Kai and Gonzalez is a definite matchup. It has legs, it has storyline uh, implications involved in it. So definitely is an easy final to make. If the Rand Hartwell made it to the final, it would definitely be a big deal for Hartwell. Um, to make it to the final, this would be her one of her biggest high-profile matchups in NXT in her young career on the NXT side. And that would definitely be a big boost for her. But I think Moon and Blackheart are the ones going to be getting into the final, punching their tickets to the final. And that would be the match I'm going to go with. Moon and Blackheart versus Kai and Gonzalez, which is a solid final in my opinion. And either team would be able to win that. I think this matchup would be a little bit more believable with Moon and Blackheart taking on Kai Gonzalez uh, with the finals at TakeOver Vengeance Day. We have semifinal action on the men's side as well with Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher taking on the Grizzled Young Veterans. Of course, uh, NXT ended last week with Thatcher and Ciampa staring at the uh, trophy. Drake and Gibson coming out talking a little smack and uh, Ciampa uh, definitely uh, not one for harsh words. Immediately, Pie faces uh, Gibson and Drake, and thus uh, having security to uh, break up both teams uh, to end last week's episode of NXT. This is probably the one matchup I was not expecting at all in this tournament. And this matchup is absolutely—it's a banger. This, this has absolute banger written all over it. This is going to be. It's going to be very nice. It's going to be fun, fun, fun. Um, 
you know, final four ready. You know, final four ready. Let's see who's going to make it. On the other side of the bracket, MSK. MSK, number one tag team in NXT, yes. Uh, the team of Wesley and Nash Carter taking on Legado del Fantasmas, Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde take it to the final on the line. A spot in NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day on the line. This is going to be a good one. This is also going to be a good one. I think, though, I think MSK, um, I, I've been saying for a little while, NSK GYV in the final, I think is the match they're gunning for. And MSK is going to get one hell of a match out of Mendoza and Wild. And GYV is going to get one hell of a match out of Champa and Thatcher. These two, all, every single semifinal matchup they have on this card for the uh, Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic on both sides, for the men's and the women's, is just absolutely spectacular. Um, this is one of those, this is a definite uh, three-piece action uh, with the biscuit that will definitely get, uh, you know, get me excited to to want to watch this 100% for sure. And um, please no one tell K. Murphy this. Um, we don't, now, um, I don't know why they're bringing this mofo back. Um, I don't think we need him back, but unfortunately... NXT is going back straight to the moon. <laughs> As Cameron Grimes makes his return to NXT. Please don't want to tell uh, Kay Murphy. Um, she's not the biggest fan of Cameron Grimes. And I always say, uh, Cameron Grimes, no. No, Cameron Grimes, no. And uh, please know on uh, Kona Reeves as well. Kona Reeves, no. no. Just no. Just, just no. Nah, we good. Mm-mm. Nah, I'm good on that. No, thank you. No, thank you. But we'll see what goes down with Grimes uh, making his return since uh, TakeOver, I believe. Um, was it 31? No, 30. Was it, was it War Games? Yeah. Last time we saw Grimes was at TakeOver War Games. Um, with ending the feud with Dexter Loomis. So we'll see what his next uh, feud entails, and we will see what comes all out of that. MXT looking good. Um... Looking pretty good for next week as they try to make it two in a row. But over on uh, AEW Dynamite side, let's see what they have advertised for us going on this coming Wednesday. So we have Kenta and Kenny Omega teaming up to take on IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion John Moxley and Lance Archer. Excuse me. In a Falls Count Anywhere matchup. This came as quite a surprise, but they're going to be now. I mean, with Moxley and Kenta facing each other on the twenty sixth, they want to get ahead of the ball. They want to get definitely uh, be ahead of the eight ball on this one. So we're getting Kenta, his AEW matchup debut. That's going to be interesting to see. I'm quite excited for that. Absolutely going to be fun to watch. Um, this is this, it, it's a falls count anywhere tag team matchup. I'm quite excited to see how this match turns out. This, this is, this is a, this is crazy. This is a good one. This is a, this is easily a good one. I'm excited to see this and I hope you guys are too. Darby Allen defends the TNT championship against the bad, but 
Joey, Janela. This is also going to be an interesting matchup to see, um, especially with Team Taz wishing Mr. Allen good luck in his matchup. Um, I don't know what that means. Uh, they also said they might t- be taking a closer look uh, at this matchup with Allen and Janela ahead of the street fight tag team match with Starks and Cage taking on Allen and Sting. That's going to be a very interesting matchup to see with all that. I'm quite excited to see it. And uh, it's been a while since I've seen George Janela in singles action. So one time for Jersey real quick as um, he tries to gun for the TNT championship. We'll see how that comes out. Number one contenders to the AA. I was going to say AA Ron for some reason. Words are hard. For the AEW World Tag Team Championships, Chris Jericho and MJF take on the acclaimed Anthony Bowens and Max Caster in two-on-two action. That should be an interesting matchup. Um, again, not a fan of the freestyling from, I believe it was, uh, I believe it's Max Caster. Kind of weak bars um, as, as a hip-hop fan myself, and I have been for quite some time. Um they, they, they some NK bars. They're not, you know, the, the wildest bars in the world. They're NK. They're NK. But, you know, I've heard better bars. Uh, trust me when I tell you I've heard better bars. But we'll see how this matchup goes. This is one of those, like, tune-up matches for uh, Jericho and MJF to keep them warm, keep them going as they uh, make their way towards AEW Revolution in their Tag Team Championship match um, with the Young Bucks. Of course, we still have the storyline with Guevara and the Inner Circle. Uh, he, he feels some type of way, of course, with uh, MJF. Um, and, you know, kind of questioning Chris Jericho's tactics. That's going to be something we need to keep an eye on going forward. You know, maybe Sammy Guevara gets involved or some nonsense happens. We know Wardlow will be on the outside as well. We'll see how everything goes. Maybe the entirety of the Inner Circle will be um, on the outside. Shenanigans happen. The Acclaim get a victory. Who knows? We'll see how everything goes, but keep keep that fresh in your mind. Yes, we have Chris Jericho and MJF, number one contenders to the Tag Team Championship. But remember the storyline that we talked about earlier on in the segment, you know, earlier on in the show. We know Mr. Fritz's theory still holds up right now. And we're going to see more of that develop as we now begin the road towards revolution in March. So I'm going to be curious to see how everything uh, goes down with MJF and Chris Jericho in their match against the Acclaim this coming Wednesday. And to round up what they have advertised for Wednesday, Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson are going to take on Peter Avalon and Cesar Bononi. Uh, if any of you guys remember him from NXT, Bononi used to be a little bit of a mainstay there. Didn't really get much off the um, off of the platform, unfortunately. Uh, I believe him and... Uh, Arturo Huas might have been a little bit of a thing there. I wish they could have been a thing on NXT in the tag team division. But unfortunately, Benoni uh, got released from the company. And now he's over in AEW. And I believe this is also his AEW Dynamite debut. Teaming up with uh, pretty Peter Avalon uh, to go up against uh, Jericho. Uh, Rhodes and Lee Johnson from the Nightmare Family. So I don't know. I believe this. I don't even know where this stemmed from, to be perfectly honest. I think this came up. I think there's nothing came out of it. It's just a matchup that they made um, to keep Rhodes fresh and help get Lee Johnson get a victory. I don't know. Um, honestly, besides you know 
Kenta and Omega versus Moxley and Archer, Allen and Janela for the title. Um, I don't know exactly what else they're going to have on the card, but this kind of seems a tiny bit underwhelming to me for some reason. I mean, you know, when it comes to, you know, the undercard, Rose and Johnson versus Avalon and Bononi seems like something I would want to see on AEW Dark. MJF, Chris Jericho, and the Acclaimed, this is definitely a matchup that deserves to be on Dynamite. Uh, it's just kind of, it kind of has that feeling of one of those things where uh, we kind of know the outcome before the match even starts. It's kind of one of those deals. Um, they didn't announce anything else for the card for this coming Wednesday, so hopefully they bring a little bit more to the table because what I'm seeing right now, besides the uh, two top matches that they have, this, this eh, what else they have advertised, seems kind of tiny bit underwhelming, and that really kind of worries me. It might give NXT a bit of the edge at the moment uh, as we go into week three of the war for Mr. YLP himself's uh, affection and uh, satisfaction. Take that how you will. All in all, this is this is a solid... I think NXT right now, like I said, has the edge, given the fact that they have the Dusty Cup matches, uh, three semifinal matchups that have big importance as we head into uh, NXT TakeOver Revengeance Day this coming Sunday. A lot of momentum is definitely on their side right now. They got all on the... I'm not saying they're using the Dusty Cup as a crutch, but they're definitely giving us solid matches. Excuse me. With these Dusty Cup matches. They're not just giving you, you know, five-minute joints. They're giving you at least 10, 15-minute matchups to satiate the appetite, to whet your appetite, to satiate your thirst for, you know, good NXT action from the black and gold standard. Right now, you know, with these, and I'm sure that we're going to get solid matches from uh, Moon and Blackheart taking on the Ray and Hartwell, MSK versus Legato. That's your end. Champa versus GYV is main event worthy. That's that should be your main event for uh, this uh, this coming week's episode of NXT. That is main event. That is absolutely your main event. That needs to be your main event this week with the way they've got it. I'm excited to see what, how these uh, semifinal matchups uh, come out. I'm also excited for the False Count Anywhere tag team match. That's going to be bananas. And I'm sure Joey Janelle is going to give Darby Allen a run for his money in the TNT Championship match. Possible shenanigans going on in that match from Team Taz. Who knows? But I'm curious to see how everything will pan out as we go into week three between AEW and NXT. And ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude episode two of last week. This week, when we come back, we're going to close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 296 of the YLP podcast. This coming Friday. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, that's going to conclude episode two of last week. This week, NXT tying it up at one apiece with the victory. We'll see how week three goes. Can AEW climb back, get that 2-1 lead, or now this NXT have the momentum and we'll make it a two-week win streak. We'll see how every single thing pans out, of course. If you have any thoughts, comments, concerns, or questions about today's episode, if you think AEW won the week, if you think actually Mr. YLP himself was correct, 
and saying NXT took the wick. Leave me a boy an email over at younglionsperspective at gmail.com. Let your voice be heard. Leave a voice message over on anchor.fm slash younglionsperspective. Over on anchor.fm slash Radio, And of course, over leave a comment on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Also, you can hit your boy up on my social media if you want to follow me there. Follow me on Twitter at YL Perspective. That's capital YLP Perspective. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night. SmackDown Live every Friday, unless I have a prior engagement to attend to. I will let you guys know um, beforehand what's going on with that. And my apologies for not live tweeting or letting you guys know I will be I didn't uh, live tweet last week. I was just dead tired and worked with my ass. It'd be like that sometimes. I fell asleep super early those nights. And it'd be like that sometimes. But usually I will let you guys know prior to that night's particular episode. I will be taking care of that. I also do live tweeting for every AEW live pay-per-view, every WWE live pay-per-view, every NXT and NXT UK takeover. And of course, if I'm up at 3.30 in the morning, I just can't seem to go back to sleep. I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. If you want to follow me over on my Instagram, you can find me over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective updates on shows memes 60 second thought videos and all that good stuff over there if you want to find me over on facebook and given the fact that instagram and facebook are our best friends all my instagram posts immediately go over to the facebook page i can be found over there at young lions perspective all one word or simply search for young lions perspective podcast make sure you like the page share the page and make sure that you follow the page as well over 100 followers over there and i want to thank every single one of y'all for your continued love and support if you want to share this episode do not hesitate to do so across the board instagram facebook twitter share it over there all the alt text gab i'm over there on gab at sweet underscore senator if you want to share the love over there please do so also under all the messaging apps signal telegram whatsapp foxer uh you can also do it on facebook messenger Sliding your friends' DMs with it. Send it in a text message. It doesn't matter. Spread the word about this podcast and, of course, the entirety of Wrestle Addict Radio with the Wild P Podcast, the Kings of the Rings Podcast, the Fretzelmania Podcast, and don't you dare forget about the everyday of life himself. Mance Chapel, the host of The Delight Show with Mance Chapel. We got that all over there. All that good stuff. And it's a beautiful thing. Also, if you're looking to find us on other different platforms, we are across the board with Wrestle Addict Radio. You can find us over on several different platforms. Amazon Music, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, and as always, shout out to the Podbean gang, Overcast, Pocket Cast, CastBox FM, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and don't you forget that good old Spotify fam! Search for the wide array of Wrestle Addict Radio across all these different platforms, and you should have no problem finding us whatsoever. If you want to check out the written side of Wrestle Addict Radio, make sure you take your booty over to writteninwar.wordpress.com. Yes, you can do that. All that good stuff over there. You can find the written stuff. You can find, of course, the hashtag tip of the crown, top 10 tweets of the week, as well as... All of the members of the Written in War team. And I'm heading over there literally as we speak so I can give you the full rundown 
of writers that we have over there so you can check out all of their pieces that they have over there. Let me just give you all the pieces of the future writers. Of course, shout out to the Pen Fatale, Kitty Frost, Sylvia Knox, and of course, Dirk Justice. They have uh, new, uh, new articles out every single week. If you're into the whole fanfic, um, I believe Chapter 7 of Freeze Your Heart just came out from Kitty Frost. The uh, top 10, uh, let me see, the match of the week and King of the Night came out for uh, Kings of the Rings. The tip of the crown, Royal Rumble edition. I believe we have a new article out of uh, the I, Choo- uh, I Choose You. I have, uh, personally, I've not checked these out as of yet, and I will be after I finish up. This is this particular one. Ooh, what this one? I'm kinda, I can't see. That's kind of rare. Kind of weird flex. But yes, of course, they're talking about uh, Edge and Bianca Belair. Um, winning the Royal Rumble and uh, choosing their opponent for WrestleMania. They got a whole lot uh, over uh, there on writtenwar.wordpress.com. Take some time out of your day to actually check that out. And uh, yeah, get the written word out and let people know about that as well. If you want to head over to Twitter on uh, WrestleAddict Radio's Twitter page, at Addict underscore Wrestle, you can also find a link to uh, Written in War over there as well. I believe I've fulfilled my obligations for this particular Monday, and I'm going to look over to the judges to ensure that I have done so, and we are looking at the judges of Morocco, and I believe I am getting the thumbs up over there as you're getting your grub on, do your thing, pimping, uh, happy Monday to you, or actually Tuesday, you're on the other side of the world, anywho, y'all know what it is, this coming Friday, episode 296 of the YLP podcast is going down with the news of the week, all the news that's fit for your boy to talk about. We're going to be discussing everything that has gone down over the last seven days. And we'll see how everything shapes out. Should be a great way to kick off NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day weekend. And maybe, just maybe, I might do a little predictiones for NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. Who knows? We'll see how everything goes. We'll see how everything goes. Other than that, guys, enjoy the rest of your Monday. As always, my condolences to your sanity uh, for y'all watching Monday Night Raw. Bless up to your minds. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Enjoy the rest of your week. And I'll see you guys right back here this Friday for episode 296 of the YLP Podcast. See you. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.